Okay, you like to um, respond to some comments, queries. The person draws our attention to the Sutta uh, and Gutra Nikaya, Book of the Tens. All things rooted in attention. So there's a particular sutta which says, all, all dhammas, everything that touches, everything that's meaning, everything that lands on you, uh, is a direct experience. And is born out of interest. You know, seeded with interest, something like that. Born with attention, shaped by contact, converges on feeling. Mm-hmm. which is a powerful statement you get it in other words everything that's everything that happens to you everything thought sight sound everything that is part of your world everything that's touched your jitta comes through that gate of feeling There's nothing abstract everything is direct yeah. so you have to feel it my feeling is such an important uh, place for sati. Feeling is where the push begins, where the movement begins, where chitta is touched and volition starts from contact, feeling, and then there's the rising out. The sutta continues, headed by concentration, naturally mind focuses on that dominated by mindfulness mm. wisdom supervises it uh, the culmination the consummation is in the deathless and the termination is nibbana these are very, very mind-boggling sequence mm. But we uh, recognize things have to be felt. And it's at the place where things touch and contact happens. This is where the real business occurs. You know, the contact, you have to know what the contact is. Sometimes it seems very abstract, like, well, what am I going to do next year? Maybe this, maybe that, maybe this could be this. And so actually, you go down to the contact, direct experience may be eagerness. It may be restlessness, it may be you know, search for stability, it could be a number of things. So to know what the heart is being stirred by with anything abstract. Remember, most of our reality now is abstract. It's about the future, the past, somewhere else, projects, plans, the economy, politics, the nation. These are all just abstractions, aren't they? But to the reality of it, this is the irritation, this is the anxiety, this is the disappointment, this is the eagerness, this is the, you know, that's that's what you need to know. That's what you can deal with directly. And if you deal with that, then your responses to those phenomena, those abstractions, will be steady and purified. Mm. Question, is there not a place for coming to understand our obsessive tendencies. Yeah, the place for them is the place of withdrawing. So we can view from a cool place the hot places. So the healing process, um, Chitta knows what has to be healed. 
So it's not about denial, uh, it's about withdrawing um, to a place of uh, like you go into a hospital to do healing rather than into a fever ridden swamp. So, again, all words have their nuances. Uh, withdrawing means stepping back, uh, not, not scratching the itch. Uh, and just say that, you know, some of them you understand, some of them you don't understand conceptually. And conceptual understanding has its limitations. Uh, most important thing is they're realized, felt, and the cooling of them, the easing of them is felt. Then, of course, conceptual understanding can help say, oh, this means I've definitely got a tendency to that, so be careful about this. But one must be aware of the tendency to make that into a personal profile. Like, well, you know, you know I mean, so it can be, then it becomes a little bit fixed. See what I mean? Something lights up when jitta lands on it. Is sati always present? Mindfulness always present? It is to a degree, but it's not necessarily samma sati. Mindfulness is that which frames things up, refers. Samma sati is based upon right view. There is a sense here. And it's a kind of appropriate sati. Uh, it's based on right view it's based on understanding you know things have the they could be skillful unskillful there's a process to be undertaken here bear with this um you know with a sense of purpose you know mitya sati or wrong mindfulness is just that can be just a sense of holding something bearing something in mind that's not particularly useful or bearing it in mind with the wrong intention if we you know, you remember sati means to, to, to linger on something, to bear it in mind. And so, you know, if, if, there's a, if sati is informed by the right purpose, then skillful attention, the only many sankara, puts the right things in the hands of sati. And sati aren't that. If it isn't, then, you know, sort of interesting things maybe, but not necessarily purposeful phenomena. When it when bears those in mind. Who is attending to the chitta? Well, who is anything really? Why why does there have to be a person or a who? Um, who who is anything? Who is seeing? Who is hearing? Who is thinking? Well, you know, this this notion that there has to be a, a sort of an entity doing it. It is a construction. It's a construction. It's, this notion is strongly um, um, enhanced and, and imprinted notion. But chitta is naturally aware, so awareness is aware of what's happening. And uh, so chitta is always a degree of, of awareness, unless it's completely distracted. And when jitta is, the awareness really settles into, you know, jitta has finished its business with being aware of phenomena. It's finished its business with being aware of phenomena. It's aware of, it, of itself. It's, it's aware of awareness. You know, the phenomena, like the light doesn't shine on phenomena. Therefore, phenomena 
don't rise up. You might say, well, the sights and sounds are still there, but they're not impacting the chitta, because they're not, chitta isn't turning its light towards them. Turning its light towards itself. This is called anya. Anya. uh, Anya realization. So, use the word anya. It's a degree of the moments or those instances when jitta is sensing its its presence. If jitta is luminescent, then does this light need somewhere to land? Does the sun need planets to shine on? Does it just do it? Is there pure light? Is there just brightness and illumination without landing, without objects, as in a glowing heart? Um, that, that could be experienced. Um, there's also the turning off of the light, mm-hmm. whereby the jitter just quietens down its energies have subsided, going down of the sun. The Arahant Patachara saying she turns down the light of her oil lamp and as the, as it goes out she says that's just what my jitter's just done there. It just it's light. Mm. Uh, so you know be cautious that we can use this sun image. It's a nice light is an image. Um, light is jitter in its pure radiance but there can also be like a nibbana or a turning down of that I wonder about meditating with eyes closed or open very visual eyes closed have perceptions of somatic sensations perceptions of the diaphragm focused on breathing sometimes a visual conception of citta. Are such visual analogies useful or better disrupted? I guess mm, um, some you know some teachers might recommend it if it gives you a citta, you know, like it gives you something to give attention to. So notice the effects if it becomes too hypnotic. Uh, then you should maybe go to another sense base like body base but if it's something that helps you to stay focused and on track support sati it seems okay is it okay to deploy thinking during discernment yes thinking mm, subtle examination mm. is this this so is this changeable what's happening What's happening? Is that really so? The questioning thinking is, uh, and then feels like, feels like hot, feels like tense. So it just helps to to you know, resonate to firm up an impression. Emphasizing cooling for healing, obsessive tendencies. Somewhere also, I think you have said that certain deep wounds may need warmth for healing. The warmth of the Brahmaviharas. Any comment? 
I would agree with you. Yeah. I think cooling's if you're living in India, then cooling is certainly, and even in Thailand, cooling is uh, a lovely analogy. If you're living in Canada <laughs> or, or in Britain, warming is a nice idea <laughs> as a metaphor. And it's true that uh, the warming of the heart, we call it warming the heart. <laughs> So they generally say gladdening. Generally, the images that are used for that are more like light than warmth, because heat is considered a problem in, in tropical countries, something you're trying to get away from. So they talk about gladdening the mind, or brightening the mind, or comforting the mind. We might call it warming the heart. Um, so these, uh, um, you know, terrible, chilled, locked, frozen-out states. They, this is all metaphor, it's synesthesia, isn't it? We experience these things which have no temperature to them, really, and yet we experience them as hot or cold, and some of the worst ones are the cold ones, the cold gloom and despond uh, and hope and helplessness and impotence and you know indifference where the heart needs to be warmed. And I would say, you know, Brahm Viharas it's really such such an important practice. Uh, it's certainly not just a bit bad being a bit affectionate. Um, you know, as I've tried to emphasise, it stands parallel to the jhanas in its capacities to jitter to suffuse and you know come out from its its shrunken state. And naturally, it transfers very readily into what's so needed. You know, in, in social contact and in the world at this time, and the, the views and the perceptions and the, that come from that, we start when we start to cultivate that. Brahmihari, you know, all the inequalities and the brutalities that pass by, unexamined, taken for granted, you know, destruction of life, um, exploitation of the environment, um, poverty, brutality, political wrangling. You think no, this, this is just not not excusable on any count at all, mm. and you tendency to to do whatever you can to you know to to, to bring this uh, sharing, cooperative, uh, heartful quality into one's life and into the world. To to you know we are become so good with our heads as a species, we in danger of losing our hearts. And that's not just a personal problem, it's a global problem. <laughs>